0: This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. Bolt up.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast, we bring you the latest Chargers news. We preview and review everything about the Chargers, and of course... As today, we bring you the hottest charges interviews there could possibly be. Who wants to hear from an NFL player, someone on the roster? We have the one, the only, a, a little bit of a hero of mine. Garrett Sisti from the Lightning Round podcast how are you my friend
0: oh man after that welcome oh i just warm and fuzzy and who needs players just giving you you know the generic answers when you could just have some fun people on to talk Chargers so yeah thank I mean <laughs> thank you so much uh, I've been an admirer of you we've talked a lot uh, on Twitter and I'm I'm just happy to be able to meet you here virtually and thanks for having me on man
1: Oh man, you know, it's a, as I said to Jamie, the Lightning Round has been a, uh, an inspiration for the reason the podcast um, exists. You know, we're, we're mm. more in an international feel over here in, in the UK, and uh, but we got started because we, we, were, we used to write a bit of a magazine that went out in the UK and, and a website, and listen to you religiously. I think you were the only true podcast out there that I ever got my little my little taste of California and, mm. and, and, and the charges. So um, you know, you inspired us to be here. So to have you on is. Is fantastic, but I want to know a little bit more about about you, about the guy I listen to uh, several times a, a week, whether it be on YouTube or the mm-hmm. podcast. Um, what's your what's your background? How come you're a Chargers fan? Uh,
0: well, uh, like most Charger fans who have had to endure this for so long, uh, uh, brought up in the family, uh, I had uh, my dad and mom were Charger fans, and uh, I was. Taken to training camp a lot as a kid. Remember being one of those kids, as I see now, uh, getting in line to get autographs at Chargers Park in San Diego and getting lots of autographs and watching every game. And then uh, it eventually kind of transitioned into once I was out on my own, I became a season ticket holder with some of my uh, roommates in my early teens and early 20s. And um, I you know, have been going to games ever since uh i actually kicked off my bachelor party at a charger game oh, wow. that's how it started uh tailgating at 10 a.m well earlier than that for a 10 a.m game and then uh you know and then it evolved and started to write about the chargers and then here we are podcasting and then here i am on your show
1: wow well, you've made it you've the... made... <laughs> you <know> what? finally <laughs> yeah you're finally at the big time Do you know what though? i used to feel sorry for you i, I remember vividly driving to play football with my mates it was Mm -hmm. torrential rain here in the north of england and i was listening to your podcast and you did a whole episode on halloween mike mccoy this thunder and lightning and Mm -hmm. you you painted this picture that made me feel sorry for you but as you just told me that you've been to charge of training camp as a kid and your bachelor party i I, you're not my Mm -hmm. hero anymore i'm just jealous
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i mean we we make our own fun um there's been but there's been a lot of bad bad seasons and uh some bad players some bad coaching there's been so a lot of ups and downs with this team for sure and uh th- there's we have made our own fun and yes there have been some definitely some really happy moments too
1: <laughs> well, well, well i'd like to hear about those what well, you know yeah. i started supporting the charges the year after we last won the division i think it's about 2008 uh, and I said to Jamie about this, my first ever game I watched as a Chargers fan was against the Vikings, and the first kickoff came from Nate Kading and Percy Harvin returned it for a, a, t- a touchdown. And mm-hmm. I thought, I've set, the, I've set a very low bar to begin with. What were your earliest happy memories? What, what were the real standout moments as a Chargers fan?
0: I mean, I think it was uh, going to training camp was a lot of uh, fun moments, but I think that Super Bowl run Was uh, one of the peak moments for me, just because, uh, you know, I remember as soon as they uh, beat the Steelers and they were on to the Super Bowl, I went outside with I had an inflatable Chargers helmet. It was like this big thing that you can blow up, and uh, I went out with my neighbor friend who was also a Chargers fan, and we just like stood on the corner in my street, and we had our like Charger gear, and we're waving at every car, and they were honking, and then I remember like there was just kind of like groundswell in just my neighborhood of when they beat the Steelers. Because we ran as soon as they beat him, We ran right out the door in our Charger gear, and uh, we greeted everybody we could. And then my dad, because I was young at the time, said, let's go over to the stadium. I'm sure there's people celebrating everything. And we got in the car, and we drove to the stadium, uh, Jack Murphy at the time. And I just remember driving from the street to hitting the freeway, people were honking their horns, and nobody was mad, but there was this collective energy of everybody excited that the Chargers, our San Diego Chargers, were going to the Super Bowl. So there were just all these horns honking everywhere in their cars, and I just remember... Everywhere, just all these horns, all these horns, and I just it was such an excitement and it, there was this buzz around the city and going all the way to the stadium and we didn't end up going in the stadium because people had the same idea we did. Everybody drove to the stadium to go celebrate inside. They didn't open it up, but everybody was just around the stadium, getting out of their cars, celebrating, having the radio blaring, uh the San Diego Superchargers song playing real loud, and I just remember driving under the bridge, passing the stadium, everybody honking, people were on the bridge uh, right before. Before uh, the stadium in San Diego, there was a bridge that crossed um, that you could actually park and then walk across to get to the stadium. And people had got out of their cars and were waving to all the cars down on the freeway. And we were one of them. And I did, I remember it was so slow on the freeway, I was able to stand out of the passenger side window and wave to everybody. And that, I think, was one of my favorite chargers moments i you know i wasn't at the game i watched the game but to like feel that excitement of a city and all of us collectively being excited for this team our chargers was just something that i i don't think i'll ever forget i mean i i have a lot of other happy memories of going to games but even though i wasn't there um i just remember being so excited and i just i loved that buzz uh, from everybody in San Diego and then I remember we ended up uh, going and meeting the bus when they came back home and uh, they had a big thing inside the stadium that I ended up going to and everybody talked on Mike it was that was one of my favorite memories but I think the but the, the day they beat uh, the Steelers and were able to go to the Super Bowl and everybody just uh, excited and having a whole city behind this football team it was so exciting and probably my favorite Chargers memory to date.
1: That is sensational. The way you paint that picture, <laughs> and actually, you touch into something that that I feel strongly about in sport in general, is that there's there's lots of good moments and bad mm-hmm. moments, and there's those small elations where a touchdown that wins you the game, Mike Williams against the Chiefs, scoring a goal in in soccer football mm-hmm. uh, as yeah. we call it, and yeah. but the true electric atmosphere of being in a community that's all knows what's going on and all is excited pulling together there's nothing like it you know yeah. I've experienced it a couple of times um when Spain I'm, I'm from Spain when Spain won mm-hmm. the World Cup the I was in Spain the electricity everywhere there were people jumping in fountains and I know you mean you don't need to see anything sporting you or mm-hmm. even be in a stadium it's just being everywhere and everyone knows you have that look with that guy and you're out there uh, that is a fantastic Sensational memories. Thank you for sharing it with us. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to make you miserable now. Okay. Um, You know, what's what's your low point as a Chargers fan? Um,
0: I think a low point, and people might not want to hear this, but it's it was actually on the exact opposite end of the spectrum. It was the day that Dean Spanos said they were moving out of San Diego. I was in San Diego, and I remember i was in the bagel shop i went to go get a bagel that morning and i remember seeing the news and just like being absolutely devastated and i walked in and there was a guy who looked pretty upset too and he had a chargers hat on i think he put it on that morning not thinking that he wouldn't have a team that that after uh, that you know a couple hours later but um he had this uh and he was and he was behind me in line and I remember I was like hey uh, I'll pay for whatever he's having too because I just felt terrible uh, for him because I felt I felt the same way and I remember he uh, an older older guy I mean he was probably like 20 30 years older than I was and so I know he's probably seen a lot more charger history than I have and and uh, he said he said thanks and he was getting a little um a little emotional and we we didn't say anything but he gave me a big hug and uh, we both hugged a uh, total stranger and then uh, and then we both went our separate ways but it was kind of this unspoken like you know like we both kind of were mourning this loss at the same time and um, and that was kind of a low point because uh, the move was really uh, you know everybody i don't think anybody loved the move who especially if they were in San Diego and and that's still a kind of a a touchy subject even today but San just uh, Yeah, (laughs) you are. Oh, good for you. All right, Uh, boy, do I hate that salty uh, moniker. But anyway, uh, so um, so it was. It you know I didn't say a, a word to this guy, but there was just this kind of like hug and kind of this like missing this thing that we all had collectively shared, you know, on on the other end of the spectrum when we're just in San Diego, everybody's happy honking horns, to, uh, you know, it felt like a, a loss, a big loss of some kind, almost of like a family, yeah. I don't want to say family member, but, you know, Close something enough. is like, yeah, something is part of your family. Something, because, you know, we were all, I remember thinking like, when it first happened going, you know, when I have kids, I, I, one of my other highlights is playing catch in the, in the parking lot with my dad, you know, throwing the football back and forth in the parking lot and uh, walking in with him and getting autographs with him. And it's like, well, how am I going to do that with my son? You know, I wanted to pass that on to my son. So, you know, I, I think there was this, this collective like sadness around the city. And that day in the bagel shop, uh, getting a hug from a complete stranger as we both kind of lost something was kind of uh, a real low point. And I, probably the lowest point I can think of uh, as being a Charger fan. I, and it didn't, again, it's something that didn't happen on the field. Uh, something just uh, as two human beings, we just mm-hmm. uh, kind of were grieving this loss. So that, I think, was a, a real, definitely probably the lowest point I can think of being a Charger yeah, I, fan.
1: I, I can see that. I can't imagine having my team ripped away. And I know the distances in America are much bigger. I, yeah. I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan, and um, you've probably never heard of them. Biggest team <laughs> in the U.K., um, but but I li- I've never lived in Sheffield, and I'm a couple mm-hmm. of hours away. But the idea that they would move from their historical home, mm-hmm. you know, you ripped away. And it is close to having a loss and going into mourning. Mm-hmm. Um But, you know, we're still here. We're still Chargers fans. Yes. It affected yeah. you a lot more than it did me. I, I <laughs> yeah. think probably the Chargers got a little closer to me by going north. I don't know. But, yeah, so, a little bit north. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> I was hoping for London at the time, but you know, not quite. <laughs> not <laughs> um, quite. Uh-uh. But, uh, you know, we support the Chargers, um, mm-hmm. and, and they're still in California. It's, it's an exciting team. Um, we've been through some disappointing times with the elite coaches that were Mike McCoy and uh, Anthony Lynn. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Um, and, and, you know, now we, we, we embark on a new era, and it feels different. As someone who supported the teams in about 2007 seven eight, it feels this is different. This is not the old Chargers. Um, it's a new identity, and with Staley, something even fresher and more exciting. Are you really excited by Staley's charges? Are you caught up in all the hype and the excitement of of what he brings? I I mean,
0: I am, um, as far as uh, I've been doing the podcast or even just as a fan, uh, every kind of charger hire has just been like, "I, I guess so. And then when, uh, Mike McCoy happened, I remember Jamie and I were podcasting at the time, just going, I don't, I don't understand this. And then when Anthony Lynn was hired, we go, he's got no experience. How do we know he's good at anything really? And so we, we were never really excited about any of the head coaching hires. And even before they hired Staley, there was kind of like it's we have we our top choices were brian dable who is now coaching the giants and it was brandon staley and they were 1a and 1b for us and we just were like the this would be a home run pick these guys deserve to be head coaches and uh, we'd be so excited and when they ended up hiring staley it's it's been a real kind of breath of fresh air it's analytics driven um I, I there's a, a Definitely a gamble when he's in game in his coaching decisions, which some people might not like. Um, I particularly do, and the aggressiveness that he's brought on in free agency and through the draft—it's a whole different uh, Chargers team. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, they didn't make the playoffs this year, but they've got all the pieces this year, and uh, y- you know, it's it's easy to get real excited about everybody on this team. But I think Brandon Staley's the perfect guy to bring it all together. So this definitely is a different feel from any other Charger season we've seen in uh, you know, a few decades, really. This is a very exciting football team, and it's got a lot of talent top to bottom.
1: No, I don't disagree with you, and it's the kind of coach I want in, mm-hmm. in charge of my franchise. Yeah, analytics-driven, looking yep. at them, being aggressive. You've got a spectrum, and at one end you've got Dan Campbell. Anthony mm-hmm. Lynn type coach. And the other side, you've got Staley, and that's where I want to be. Uh, and it's an experiment I'm, I'm excited about. Um, interestingly, just on Tom Telesco, a, a few people, myself included, I'll admit, I, I like Tom, but I think it could be his last rodeo. If we didn't make the playoffs this season, I think it could be his last mm-hmm. time uh, yeah. as, as our GM. Um, are you a fan of him? Do you think he's succeeded? I've heard mixed views. People seem to be very split on whether Tom is has been a successful GM.
0: Yeah, I think Tom Telesco's made enough hits in the draft to kind of keep him around. I uh, didn't want Tom Telesco around to make a third head coaching hire. I thought catching coaching, uh, bringing on Mike McCoy, bringing on Anthony Lynn was enough to fire him as a GM. I just I there's not many GMs in the NFL that gets a third coaching hire. Mm -hmm. You get you get to pick your one, and if that doesn't work, you get a retry. But after that, you know you're the one at the top. So, uh, you need to kind of answer for those wrong calls. And, and unfortunately, uh, you know, those two didn't work out, but, uh, it seems like the Spanos were happy enough to let Telesco pick a third head coach. And I think this is the one that he got right. So, you know, from that perspective, uh, I, I didn't want, uh, Tom Telesco around uh, a few years ago. So, um, I'm, I am more down on Telesco than most people are. Um, I don't think he's hit enough in his draft classes, and I think at free agency he's whiffed way too too often. And then, of course, uh, as I say that, this is the one-off season where he – hit everything and, uh, took the home run <laughs> swings. And, uh, I, I, I couldn't ask for a better free agency plan than the one he put together. Uh, we did a podcast on it and it, it was almost shaped exactly like how Tom Telesco did, um, when free agency actually hit. So, uh, you know, I, it's, it's hard to argue with what he did uh, this off season. I think he's, um, He's kind of gained a little bit more favor with everybody, uh, me included. So I'm somewhere in the middle on him right now, uh, being down on him for a while. So I'm somewhere, you know, kind of I'm not I'm not hot on him, not cold on him. I'm just kind of, you know, (laughs) in the middle at this point and kind of wait and see. Because if these free free agency pickups don't work out, I mean, I I don't know how how much longer you can keep him around. So you can't. uh, No, uh uh. Uh, so i'm in the middle
1: he, he must be a listener of your podcast then clearly stealing your, <laughs> your ideas just join join the back of the queue tom
0: maybe um, yeah 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 maybe this year definitely not in years past because he <laughs> yeah. has done nothing we want
1: <laughs> true and uh, of course we've we've we started calling him fourth in telesco because he's obviously making those swing for the home run kind uh-huh. of uh, yeah. moves but you know it's definitely. exciting it's what you want and and you know the salary cap surely is a myth so why wouldn't you just <laughs> Just try and try and keep perpetually bringing in big talent if you can. Yeah. Um, and Derwin's resigned, big money. Herbert mm-hmm. surely coming up next. It's it's an exciting time to be a Chargers fan. There's loads of hype. And what's interesting, so we hear, you know, you hear sometimes in the media the Chargers have no fans, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it, it's a thing I've heard before. But actually, when you go over to the UK, you notice a lot of Chargers fans. You notice people. I know who herbert is you know it's getting a lot of traction over here and across um, where, where our listeners are all across the globe and um what i find interesting is when i went to wembley for the second time the the herbert win against Tennessee mm-hmm. World game the vast majority of wembley were chargers fans and it, i've been to a lot of games that doesn't happen that often over here um uh-huh. so it's sensational so we, we're gaining this traction there's hype around us we are one of the names people talk about for a super bowl run has the preseason burst your bubble? Like it seems to be doing to Chargers Twitter, um, or, or you know, are you are you still thinking? You know what, the starters aren't in there. Let's just just see what happens.
0: No, I I'm actually on the exact opposite spectrum. To be honest with you, I mean, uh, to me, uh, obviously there's no starters, and preseason almost never matters except for your bottom depth guys. But to me, it seems like there's a lot more exciting bottom depth guys this year than we've seen in years past for sure um you know seeing like morgan fox uh show up and uh chris rumpf show up joshua palmer have an incredible game last week um we see jasir taylor flashing a little bit there's a lot of guys just around the bottom of this depth chart that michael bandy being another one yeah he's a um, yeah that have uh really flashed and you know it seems like for most fans, you could tune out halfway through the second quarter, but going into the third and fourth quarter, there's some exciting things and some players still showing up and uh, doing some things. So even though they gave up two big special teams touchdowns with nothing but young rookies and UDFAs out there, I'm not all that worried about it. Um, I personally kind of like how this team is kind of shaping up at the bottom of the depth chart. And there's some real competition, which is something uh, Brandon Staley has been preaching since the beginning of camp is that people are going to have to earn some roster spots. So you see some guys kind of stepping up and kind of making some noise in the preseason. Like, uh, you know, we've seen like Carlo Kemp, a name that we hadn't really heard about flash a lot last week. And, um And uh, this Saturday, and we saw, you know, Brenna Fajoko making some noise. Mm -hmm. Who's at the bottom of the depth chart, Joe Gaziano. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to see these guys uh, really play and play deep into this game and still, you know, fight for that roster spot. So to me, I'm, I'm not down on the chargers during the preseason. I don't think the score really matters. I think it's more about the process. And early on, I think the processes have been nice, even, even with all those special teams blunders on Saturday.
1: No, oh, don't. I know. Let's let's hope that gets fixed, because um, it can't be much worse than it has been in previous seasons. Although yeah. you know, we started off probably a bit worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm interested. So I spoke to Jamie, um, and he is a massive Jerry Tillery fan, allegedly. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. yeah he does. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely loves that man. Thinks he's MVP can't, material.
0: Can't shut up about him. Loves him.
1: <laughs> um, who is your big? Who's your favourite player that gets you excited? You think he's going to have a big year? Uh, in a challenge uniform.
0: Ooh. Um, I, I guess so. I mean, obvious answers are like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and JC Jackson. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, I am really excited to see Zion Johnson in this God, offensive yes. line. Um, I, I just posted a, a clip that he, that he did today, uh, against the Cowboys, but just through the preseason, I mean, early on watching mm-hmm. and I, and I don't I don't want to overhype this because we're talking about preseason. But uh, in the first uh, day of camp uh, wa- last year, watching Rashawn Slater, the second he hit the field, you were like, "This kid is special." You know. And yeah. I remember just just telling everybody that was within earshot and everybody on Twitter that I can get a hold of that, that this is not just a left tackle. They got a potentially franchise. Type left tackle and it was just so clear day one how good he was and then this year being there first day of camp and seeing Zion Johnson it was just like this is the best guard we've seen in a while on this team (laughs) and I remember he went up. The, the first day he went up on one-on-ones, he like stonewalled Sebastian Joseph Day. And then Austin Johnson, who's a mammoth, couldn't gain any ground on him. And then he put Jerry Tillery on his face. And I just went, I, I, he's going against starters and he's making <laughs> them look silly. So I think for me, outside of the obvious names, I I cannot wait to see Zion Johnson in this offensive line uh, next to Corey Lindsley and getting some help out from some of these other guys and learning from Matt Filer and Rashawn Slater. I I just cannot wait to see him in the starting lineup. Uh, Right tackle is kind of still a a question mark, but I I think Zion Johnson's really going to help this offensive line. I I, I just can't wait to see him throughout the season.
1: Oh, I, I'm with you, and he was my call uh, on the podcast here to say that we were going to pick him. Uh, mm. When I had to put it on the line, it just it mm-hmm. felt like a David De Castro moment, which mm-hmm. we, you know the Steelers got 16, I think, uh, maybe think about 16 when they took mm-hmm. him, um, and, and it was the same. And I'm so excited that he's he's popping, and, and he's I saw that thing you retweeted. And he just oh, boy, yeah, he's yeah. the man downfield, and I'm like, I'll take some of that, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, on the flip side, what the, you know area. Do you think the Chargers still need to focus on? Do we have a weakness to be exploited?
0: I think so. I, I've I mentioned this before, but I think there's three spots in which Telesco and the Chargers didn't upgrade this offseason that I think they really needed to. Right tackle is one of them, which we we just talked about. I mean, obviously, with Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton kind of still fighting for that starting job, uh, getting, getting a right tackle – seemed very important this offseason and they decided that they thought they were good enough with Storm Norton, Trey Pipkins. And if they play to the way they've played in the past, they could be in trouble. Um the other one is at um linebacker. I know they got Kyle Van Ooy, but letting um Kaiser Whitewalk and you know, not really upgrading that unit other than getting, you know, a veteran presence, which is fine. And Troy Reader kind of being a middle bottom depth chart linebacker. I thought they really needed to get a starting caliber, like young, fresh uh, linebacker. They didn't end up doing that. And I think Tranquil and Van Noy are going to do good enough. Uh, we know pretty early on that, you know, Staley doesn't really value the second level as much as some other teams might. But you know, I think with, with the rotation of some of these younger guys, it, it might end up working out. I'm not, I'm not as worried about the linebacker core as I am say rate right tackle. And then the other thing was speed at wide receiver. Um, I thought, you know, in the draft, they could get a wide receiver three. Uh, Joshua Palmer seems to be doing just fine yes. in that wide receiver three and getting DeAndre Carter's nice in a role as a returner. But I thought at, as a speed option later on going into 2023, 2024, it would have been nice to pick up somebody in the third, fourth round as a speed guy that could help you out. Uh, but um, and so now they they've got some real talent in that wide receiver core, but they just don't have that game-breaking speed. And a lot of these teams that are going deep in the playoffs do. And so, you know, it kind of hurt the Chargers late in last year not having a guy that can take the top off of defense. So I think in those three areas, they didn't really um, kind of shore those up in the offseason. I think those could be weak points, especially if some injuries happen. But I think those are kind of the rough edges of this team. I think they're pretty stacked in a lot of other areas and deeper in some areas that we haven't seen in a long, long time, especially like mm-hmm. defensive line. Um, but I think of those three spots, if the chargers were to falter at all, it's going to be one of those three spots, I think.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad, I'm really, really glad you said that. I got a lot of stick on Twitter. You <laughs> know, I was, I was Zion Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, obvious, obvious candidate, but yeah. I was, I was screaming out saying, are you really going to go into this season with an injured Murray and an injured Tranquil mm-hmm. as your linebacker core, and I yeah. like the signings they've made, but mm-hmm. they aren't premier. And I yeah. know everyone said to me he doesn't value it; it's not essential in his in his scheme. But I, I agree. I think we're quite thin there, and we, it could be the issue, um, you know, if we have some injuries in that position. <laughs> I wasn't on the wide receiver train mainly because I'm really high on Palmer, and I thought, you know, right. if you get, if you do bring in some speed. I understand you want a Tyreek Hill. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want that? Mm. Um, but I like the idea of, of giving these guys a chance. And, and, and we have those options. We don't have someone to take the, t- the top off. Jalen Guyton. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I think we can potentially cope. And, 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 and But I don't disagree with you at all. Mm. So the big question, is, is this the season? Are we going all the way? Where do you see the charges genuinely in your heart of hearts going in this Super Bowl campaign?
0: Um, I don't see them winning the division still. I just I I have a hard time betting against Andy Reed ever. I mean, he's mm-hmm. good for 11, 12 wins every single season. It's it's automatic. And when you've got Patrick Mahomes, even with all the losses this half season, I think they're not gonna be as good as they have been in the past, but I do think that they're still top dog in the AFC West in a stacked AFC of West at that um so I think well, they're going to make it competitive, for sure. Um, I still think Chiefs end up winning this AFC West, and I think the Chargers are going to have to win a wild card spot, which I think they will do. And I think once they get in the playoffs, I think all bets are off. It's it's Buffalo and Kansas City, and the Chargers is kind of like a three-horse race yeah. for that uh, AFC crown. So I think it's going to be real, real tight. I think um, the Chargers are going to definitely get in the playoffs, and I think they're going to make some noise, for sure.
1: Wow. Oh. Do you know what? You're getting me hyped. I'm ready. Do you know what I'm doing? As soon, soon as I finish this recording, I'm uh-huh. going up and I'm watching the first episode of the Chargers Special. Is it called All In? All yep, In. Yep. All In. Yep. I'm going to go mm-hmm. and watch that. You've you've got me all excited. <laughs> I'm ready for this season. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll then we'll lose the first game or something stupid like that. <laughs> well, it'll be. I, just, I just hope not. <laughs> um, well, you know, thank you so much for joining. It's been an absolute pleasure to finally get you on here. We'd love yeah. to have you back. Of course. Um, where where can we find you?
0: I mean, I'm at Garrett Siste. Uh, you know, I'm part as, as he's been, as Bez has mentioned um, at lightning round uh, is the podcast lightning round podcast is the podcast we're at. Um, once you're done listening to this one, uh, charged up bolts, go ahead and go listen to uh, lightning round two. There's obviously enough uh, time in the day to listen to us both uh, every single time. So uh, that's, that's where I'm at. And I just appreciate you having me, man. I, I I'm, it's glad I'm glad I get to finally meet you.
1: Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, let's hope we talk again with a Super Bowl ring on some of these fingers that the Chargers players
0: Yes, though. yeah, yeah, us too. We got to get some too.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> order them. Off <laughs> wish. Probably off wish.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pleasure yeah. to have you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bolt you up.
0: Too. Thank you. This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up.